0: All the ins and outs of this. I sure as fucking shit hope so. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I hope so. I mean,
1: sure as. Do you know how messy, how ghetto we would look? <laughs> if d- other countries <laughs> would be laughing their asses off at us.
0: It would be I really hope embarrassing.
1: To God. <laughs> I hope to God we are not that embarrassing. Is this who we are? <laughs> <laughs> Is this what we represent?
0: A second. so i thought that since this is dropping on thanksgiving i just realized that about like 15 minutes ago oh shit <laughs> maybe we should say what we're thankful for
1: oh that's so nice i think
0: this is i could be wrong i think this is our first exhausted thanksgiving did we
1: i feel like we maybe took a break last year or something for thanksgiving I'm, no
0: while you say what you're thankful for i'm gonna look it up Actually, it didn't take that long. Um oh, okay. <laughs> let's see. We had an episode drop on November twenty-fifth. When was Thanksgiving last year? That'll look up. When was Thanksgiving? 2021. November 25th. Never mind. This is exhausted second oh, Thanksgiving.
1: Wow. <laughs> I don't really remember that. That's funny.
0: So what are you thankful for? Off on the spot. Well,
1: on the spot, I am thankful for my friends because I've had so many life changes this year and I feel like it wouldn't have gone as smoothly and wouldn't have hap- you know, I feel like just things wouldn't have gone as well if I didn't have um support already here in DC. So, I'm grateful for you, for Nick, for White oh. Nick, for um, Morgan, who I met shortly after moving. I feel like having friends has really helped make my transition to being a Washingtonian really, really easy.
0: Well, that's very sweet. (laughs) Let's see. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for my friends as well. Uh, I don't just want to like copy your answer. You know, I'm thankful for my coworkers because we've gotten a lot of new clients this year and new clients keep coming. And so there's like a wide variety of projects that have been happening. And I continue to be like blown away by the random little skills that my coworkers have and help me like discover that I have to get stuff done. And of course, this was the year where I met everyone for the first time. Almost everyone. We have... Uh, a couple of new employees that have joined, and I'm eager to see them in a couple of weeks when we have our holiday get together. But yeah, I, I just feel really thankful for my job. Honestly, I've been thinking that a lot recently, where I'm just like, I feel very lucky to work where I work. And I feel like we're all very supportive of each other. And I feel like Lauren cares about all of us and our well being. And yeah. Just thankful for my work. I'm. I'm actually like. It's nice, so nice to be able to look forward to stuff you're doing in what you do for a living, which has never it's, really happened to me before.
1: It's so nice to have a job that doesn't make you want to just.
0: <laughs> yeah, like in the. I mean, it hasn't been super long, but in the four and a half years that I've been working like full time, big boy job, so to speak, I just really feel like I've never been in that position where. I'm not actively looking forward to like when I leave, <laughs> you know? Or I, like, I hear I, you. <laughs> or like, what lies in the future. Now I can just purely focus on the work I'm doing and building relationships with the people that are at work. And literally, yeah, totally. like, n- at no point in my brain, at any point, am I thinking about like what's coming next? Cause I just want to like stay here for as long as possible.
1: Yeah, I actually kind of had a moment like that recently where I was like just on LinkedIn um, for like not looking for a job. And then a job, as you know, I'm a big baseball fan and a job for the Milwaukee Brewers popped up, which, you know, oh, is like crazy awesome. That's big for
0: you, yeah. And it
1: was like literally my job that I have now, but like for the Brewers. And I was like, wow. So I sent it to my friend. And I was like, this is so funny. And she was like, oh my God, you should apply for it. And then I thought about it and I was like, even if I got that job, I feel like I would say no. Like, I don't want to leave. Like, I don't know. I've never had a thing, a moment where I would say no to working for the Milwaukee Brewers. So people who work with me won't know that that's a big deal, but that's a big deal. That
0: is a really big deal. That's true. I'm yeah. actually kind of shocked to hear you say those words.
1: I know. I literally, I was, go- I looked at it and I was like, no, I'm not going to apply for this because I like came to the realization that if they offered it to me, I would actually be like sad. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm also, of course, thankful for all of our listeners.
1: Of course. It's another cliche answer, saying. but
0: still. Thank you, guys. Um, I don't know if you know this because I'm on Anchor way more, but our audience has been growing slowly. We, we definitely, especially towards the back half of season three, we're getting more listeners per episode than we had ever had before
1: oh that makes me so happy
0: besides episode one which was like just like big out the gate and then went down a cliff but um we turned a lot of people off i suppose <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so love you guys You're like
1: Ugh, enough of this <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway should we get into talking about stuff
1: yeah it's we, funny, I'll warn like, you guys this week is going to be a lot shorter than last week.
0: No, exactly. I was just going to say that. It, I was going to say it's funny. I was thinking before we went on our like what we're thankful for spiels that this might be actually a short episode because mm-hmm. I only have two entertainment stories and the news stories feel like they're going to be quick because I don't yeah. have much to weigh in on necessarily. Totally. So let's just get into it. Maybe we'll be delivering a Ooh. sub one hour episode which would be big because that last week be was our crazy. longest episode ever
1: y'all are probably still listening to it
0: <laughs> maybe i know nick hasn't even gotten to uh our season finale of season three yet
1: nick. so he has
0: like four hours of content to wow listen to nick, or more you gotta
1: go on a road trip or something soon so that it's you... <laughs> a good idea he's not even gonna hear my little anecdotes anymore Ugh. <laughs> And talk to him directly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. Anyway, the news. Uh, we got more going on at Twitter. A couple things oh. actually. So <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk sent out this email last week and he was basically telling employees that they need to decide by Thursday evening if they want to remain a part of the business uh he's said that they need to be extremely hardcore to quote build a breakthrough twitter 2.0 basically he wanted the current employees to like swear allegiance to twitter or they could leave and get 3 months severance so it's she- funny cuz about <laughs> 78% of the remaining workforce left took the severance
1: i mean i don't blame them i would do
0: yeah i know some people are concerned cuz uh People were worried about how it would affect their visas and whatnot. So it's kind of a murky area right now. But that was strange for sure. And now, of course, he's begging to hire more people because I'm sure there was more people than he was expecting to leave, which is crazy to me considering the path he's been leading the company down.
1: Seriously, like, are you surprised by any of this? I'm not.
0: Yeah. And he also closed the offices, like literally had them locked up. For I think it was Friday through Monday because he was concerned about employees like <laughs> going in and stealing secrets or something. Jaded employees <laughs> who just decided to leave. I don't know. It What's seems actually like kind of funny mess. though is
1: that he laid off. So like half the half of the staff got laid off without any say, and then like the next like third of staff <laughs> then got to voluntarily leave. It's just, I don't know, it's a little insane.
0: I really think it's imploding, you guys. I said it's It's not going to make it through 2023.
1: You guys, I feel like it needs to. I feel like the only way it's going to make it through 2023 is if he sells the company again, which he's not.
0: (laughs) No, he definitely won't. He's too narcissistic for that. I think it's interesting. I know it takes time to build, like ui and do web design and whatnot but i'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised someone hasn't really announced a legitimate alternative yet i know that there's like that was mastodon
1: oh yeah my coworker made a joke about that she was like mastodon looking real good right now
0: yeah but like who's using mastodon i don't hear anyone i, I, I had to google about it actually
1: it. when she said that to me i was like huh like the I'm dinosaur
0: <laughs> i'm <laughs> waiting for like a, i know this would uh, it's funny We're. The theme of this episode is Monopoly Bad pretty much um basically what we're going to be talking <laughs> That's about. What you
1: need to call it Monopoly, Monopoly Bad.
0: Monopoly Bad, but uh I'm I'm just kind of surprised that maybe like someone or some entity with a legitimate amount of servers they could devote towards an alternative social media, like maybe an Amazon or a Microsoft. I'm surprised they haven't even made an effort to announce something, to tell people like, oh, something's coming, something good, sign up now or while we work on it or something. I think but Zach no just made a that.
1: whole marketing pitch in that like two seconds right there.
0: Yeah. No, I'm shocked just because those like those two companies are an example of two very powerful companies that have the infrastructure, they have the staff, They have the ability, you would think someone would come in and do that because, you know, advertising dollars, but apparently not. Apparently, people are just going to watch Twitter burn and Mastodon is going to be your only alternative.
1: Maybe. Or we could head to Truth Social.
0: Oh, God. That's a good segue, (laughs) actually. So. Elon has invited a couple of people back to Twitter. Trump is one of them. He was invited back to Twitter after his account was suspended in the wake of the January 6, 2021 insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. But he's sticking to true social, you guys.
1: Even he is rejecting Elon. If Trump doesn't like Elon Musk at this point, none of y'all should like Elon Musk.
0: (laughs) Well, there are rumors that he could be doing this. Because he has a business agreement with True Social, like an exclusivity thing, where if he is going to post on other social medias, he has to wait a certain number of hours or something. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so silly? Funny. Isn't that silly? Yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very silly. Uh, another person has been invited. Question mark on the invite Kanye West. His account was suspended recently for his anti Semitic comments. And This is where I want to call BS. Elon Musk claims that Twitter did not consult with him, meaning Elon Musk, Twitter didn't consult with him or inform him before restoring Kanye West's page. I highly, highly doubt that. I doubt
1: that. Um, Especially
0: since Elon Musk uh, replied almost immediately to Kanye's like testing, testing that my account is unlocked tweet. Elon Musk replied to that almost immediately. In terms of like internet time, so I highly. What did doubt he that.
1: say? I blocked him on Twitter, so I can't see any of his. Here, I'll,
0: I'll pull it up. I have the story linked. So okay. Kanye, his first tweet back was testing, testing, seeing if my Twitter is unblocked. And Elon Musk replied that same evening, "Don't kill what yay hate, save what yay love." Huh? Like, don't kill what you hate, save what you love. Oh. A, yeah. And the worst part of this
1: so much. He's so fucking corny. I can't.
0: The worst part of this is Kanye's second tweet back. He tweeted that I saw Shalom with a smiley face. (laughs) This guy, you guys, this man is a mm, shit (laughs) bag like the audacity to tweet that after you basically lost millions of dollars off your net worth because of your anti-Semitic comments, you're going to come back with Shalom tweet and a smiley face. I'm actually kind of surprised that that didn't get more attention. I'm surprised that more people didn't cut ties with him, but honestly, you know where I think Kanye's Mm -hmm. heading Kanye is. I think he really is heading to be the next, like the male version of Candace Owens for the right like that that special unicorn black oh person God. that actually agrees with them for whatever fucking reason that they can point yeah. to as a like oh look look we have someone that's actually i don't know
1: but i feel like that's so embarrassing for them because uh, like simultaneously a lot of white people don't like kanye anymore specifically because of us. so it's like how are they going to recover from that like i feel like anti-semitism is like white people that's where they draw the line i <laughs>
0: That's what you think, but I I think your thinking is wrong. (laughs) I think there's a lot Excuse you. I I see what you're saying. You mentioned this in a previous episode, uh, last episode. Literally last episode, I said
1: white people have drawn the line.
0: Yes, you did. But I also think that, I just think that anti-Semitism is more prevalent than we think it is. I think there's lots of white people that are actually deeply anti-semitic and it sucks because it stems it stems from like class generalizations because you have all these people specifically trump people that are anti-semitic or have problems with jewish people because there's this stereotype that jewish people are like financially competent and thus are in a lot of like powerful positions at banks and financial institutions and so these trump people who a lot of them are poverty stricken or they're going to remain in the working class for all their lives, because apparently they care more about like women's bodies and what black people do than like voting for politicians that will actually help them in their lives. I think they have a problem with that. I really do. So Mm -hmm. I could see Kanye very easily becoming like male Candace Owens. Hell they've already like teamed up in some regards. You
1: heard it here first.
0: (laughs) That's my theory. I don't know who knows these days. Moving um, on. I,
1: no, wait. I saw a funny oh, tweet in regards to this story. I'll say it really quick because I know you're going to laugh. Somebody was like, damn, villains popping up, pop, popping back up on Twitter like Spider-Man. No way.
0: Home." <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, also forgot to mention that Alex Jones will stay off Twitter. They did reinforce that. Alex Jones is not being invited back to Twitter. And so where's the line there? It's like, oh, if you have litigation brought against you, does like, what? Right, like,
1: you're bringing Trump back, but not Alex Jones. OK, makes no sense. It makes really no sense. OK,
0: anyway, moving on. One of my favorite people. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> OK, disclaimer, you guys. So I don't actually care what you think if you have a problem with this. I know that sounds mean. Wow. but please your loyal I just, listeners i just employ please. implore you to do your research because a hell of a lot of people when this announcement came out that she was uh stepping down from leadership a lot of people and i think it's fueled by the media too of course are like oh my god legend nancy pelosi trailblazer nancy pelosi like democratic hero nancy pelosi <laughs> and I'm not buying it, you guys. I know that you have listened to this podcast and you know what I've said about her. I think she's probably stepping down from leadership because she finally has enough money she's made off of like insider trading to live comfortably for the rest of her life. However much longer that is. Could be two years, could be 20. Uh, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi has advocated for... Just a myriad of politicians. A lot of them didn't. That end should up winning. be our promo for the that, week. We should just what?
1: compile every time Zach has gone off about Nancy Pelosi on this podcast.
0: Maybe she. she I, it just <laughs> makes me. It just makes me mad. Like it makes me. And she's not the only one, mind you. There are a number of figures in the Democratic Party who people hail as like the next per, coming, and oh it's God. frustrating because every single one of them are in the pocket of corporations and they have been for decades nancy pelosi has been in cahoots with some of the biggest corporations in the world for decades that's why her family is rich you guys you want to talk about getting money out of politics nancy pelosi is the prime example and since she's kind of like the figurehead i think a lot of other politicians in the party think it's okay to just like cater to corporations. And that doesn't do anything for us. So Nancy Pelosi has not served me in any way, shape or form. I don't care <laughs> about like her allyship. I don't care about her coming on the RuPaul's drag race and be like, can I get oh in? My God. I don't care. <laughs> that doesn't do anything for me. I've had other people with more influence who are more important advocate for me and other people than she has. This is the woman that, that thanked George Floyd for dying.
1: Sorry.
0: I'm over her and I'm glad that she's out. I haven't even really given any details yet, but.
1: Well, I think, I mean, what other details are there to give?
0: There are details. I don't know if I made it clear, but she's stepping. Okay, give details and I will (laughs) respond. Okay. I'll give my response. She announced last week that she's stepping down from House leadership. Uh, This has ended her, again, this article says, historic 20-year run atop the caucus (laughs) Clears the path ahead for a new generation of leaders to take the helm. Wow. It'll, pr- it'll probably be a Nancy Pelosi clone um, and not even a woman. I'm pretty sure it's going to be, uh, what's his it'll name? It'll probably be a man. Jeffries, is that his name? Uh, but anyway, this is what she had to say <laughs> during this announcement For me, the hour has come for a new generation to lead the Democratic caucus that I so yeah, deeply girl, respect.
1: You're old as fuck.
0: <laughs> and I'm grateful that so many are ready and willing to shoulder this awesome responsibility she's so high on it she's like this awesome responsibility um <laughs> and yeah just a reminder that she she and schumer and a couple of other people have been oh at the helm of the democratic caucus since 2003 all of these oh. people are in their 80s so oh she God. has a point Not in Chucky a sense Shumes. she has a point in a sense where she's like yeah we need to get some new people in here but don't trust her you guys i don't think this is coming from any sort of goodwill i think she's old she has all her money from her questionable tradings (laughs) remember you guys how she invested in microsoft too very very close up to the point in which they signed like a multi-billion dollar contract with the us government gee i wonder if she knew about that beforehand So, yeah, goodbye. (laughs) Good riddance. I don't know if her replacement's going to be any better, but at least hopefully maybe they'll be younger (laughs) and less
1: richer. This is what I think is kind of funny about it. It's like these motherfuckers are 80 years old, 80 plus, and they're like, it's time for a new generation. Like you could have said that 20 years ago, and I would have been like, yeah.
0: (laughs) And this isn't like we're not trying to be ageist, but I think just the fact of the matter is – Our politicians, the folks that we elect to represent, and in some cases don't elect. Supreme Court, we don't elect them. And when you're getting up there in age, I just really think there needs to be age limits. It's just not okay. There's a certain point in your life where you can't lead a country. Biden is going to be 81 if he gets elected again. Don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me started on that. It's insane.
1: Um, (laughs) Also, here's my thing too. I feel like if you grew up in the Jim Crow era, I'm sorry, but like, no, get out. You need to go. Yes. Even if you're like, oh, my God, I love black people. I don't care. If you grew up in the Jim Crow era and 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 before that, even, you know, and earlier, it's like you got to go. I'm sorry. You have to go. I agree. It needs to stop. It's like this is ingrained into your mind whether you say you like black people or not. You have to go. It's time. (laughs) It needs to be ended. Okay. Now I would like to leave my comments on Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Yes. As a woman, I, I can understand why people use the terms historic. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is valid because she did do something historic, especially for women. However, I'm not going to sit here and say she's a climate, a fierce climate defender. Uh, uh, here, wait, let me pull up Climate Power's post that really pissed me off. Sorry, Climate Power. I love you guys. But what was this? A fierce climate champion, a dedicated public servant, and a tireless advocate for working families. In they what did not world? That. That's the thing. Nobody told. They did not need to say that unless Nancy Pelosi was holding a gun to their social media person's head. <laughs> Almost like tweet about this. They did not need to say that. They could have been like, wow, thank you for your service. You know, 20 years is amazing. Or two dec- yeah, 20 years is amazing. Yeah. You did so much. You paved the way for women, blah, blah, blah. Say all that. But that's it. You, you didn't need to go all off. You didn't need to do that. So I will recognize that what she did was historic and was very brave for a woman. But at some point, it's like, okay. Yeah, there women work in government now.
0: And it's also like she's been in government so long that I think that level of comfort begins to set in. And that's when you start getting away with shit. And like I said, she's not the only one. And and just in general, you guys talked about this before. I'm not going to harp on it too much again, but I'm just over politicians, both parties. I'm just over it because nothing is ever getting done. I'll talk about that again in a second when we get to the Respect for Marriage Act. And it's like when finally something does get done, everyone drops their knees and they're like, oh, my God. And then it's like that no one stops to think, wow, this actually could have gotten done like 15 years ago.
1: Oh, my God. Seriously, they're only doing it now because of freaking Roe v. Wade. It's yeah. like it's it's um, zero hour. Like they have to. Otherwise, shit could get really, really fucked.
0: You know, what? let's just I'm going to skip over story and let's just talk about that now since we're already on it. And then I'll go okay. back. Uh, but yeah, the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, this is an act that b- basically aims to codify same-sex marriage. Um, obviously, that Supreme Court case Obergefell versus uh, I don't remember who, but everyone calls it the Obergefell case that legalized same-sex marriage federally back in 2015. Folks have been worried in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned that that might be next, especially since that dickhead Clarence Thomas oh, mentioned God, it. Motherfucker. And so uh, there have been certain politicians, including um, Tammy Wisconsin. What's her name? Tammy Baldwin. Tammy Baldwin. Thank you. Uh, the first out senator, I believe. Yes, so cute. Yeah, she's really cute. Um, she's a sponsor of this bill. And so the Respect for Marriage Act aims to do a couple of things. I also love how interracial marriage is in there. Bruh. The fact, the fact that that needs to be protected. Um, the I can I say it? Can I say it? Yeah.
1: The fact that it needs to be protected, and the fact that people who are currently in interracial marriages. Seem Clarence to not Thomas. be wanting it to be <laughs> yes. uh, Mitch McConnell.
0: Mitch McConnell seem to too, not yep. be
1: wanting it to be protected. So it's like, what are you saying? They like, like, like really go want divorces apparently to your wife of color and be like, oh babe.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine Mitch McConnell saying babe? He <laughs> probably he probably yeah. says it like this. He's probably like, babe. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew, stop.
1: laughs>
0: his little turtle head. He's anyway. anyway this respect for marriage act it um it passed in the senate with a 62 of 37 vote so that cleared the 60 votes needed to not have a filibuster which can we get rid of that too please (laughs) (laughs) but this uh this would codify same-sex marriage and interracial marriage, like I was try- trying to say. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. It's it's got to move on to the house next. It will probably be fine. Like this is. I was talking to Nick about this. I'm very happy that we live in. I'm not going to say world. I'll say country. Now where, <laughs> like see this is hard because it's like there are some letters in the acronym that are definitely not in a place where they should be so i'm gonna say gay people gay and lesbians i think we're finally in a place where like we're generally pretty accepted and pretty harmless in the eyes of a good number of people Mm -hmm. including republicans i still think 37 is shockingly high for those who voted against it maybe i'm over opt- overly optimistic and also i fucking hated all the publications that literally named the like uh it was 12 or 11 republicans that voted in favor of it they don't like they don't need the credit come on that's
1: the bare minimum it's <laughs> yeah. like that's the bare minimum babe. they're not if heroes used to be uh calling out the ones that didn't vote for it and say jail <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. They're not heroes. So anyway, I'm glad that we're in this place now where it is likely that this will make it to Biden's desk and he'll sign it and it'll be codified, blah, blah, blah. But then it just makes me sad because it's like, okay, why do you guys not give a fuck about women? <laughs> like, And it's wild too, because people, we clearly, clearly still have a lot of anti LGBT hate in this country, as evidenced by the Colorado Springs shooting. That just happened a couple of nights ago, mm-hmm. which is tragic. Obviously, we still have that, but how is it that this this bill and seems to be able like it's it's on track to pass pretty easily with some opposition, but th- it doesn't look like it's an if but a when. How is yeah. that a thing? And that's the controversy against that is rooted in Christianity and the Bible. But women's rights to their own bodies, and the abortion debate—I don't even want to call it a debate. The anti—what did you say? It, we're we're not anti-choice. calling it anti-choice. Anti-choice, yeah. Not not it's not uh, pro-life. Not pro-life, yeah. The it's anti-choice, anti-choice. people—that's also rooted in the Bible. So I just well, don't understand. Like, I don't. Understand.
1: It know. is and it isn't, right? I think the using the term anti-choice—that's your answer. It was never about the Bible. It was never about protecting babies. It was never about any of that. It's about controlling women specifically because yeah, men don't want to control other men. Men want to... Con- these these men, sorry,
0: mm-hmm.
1: want to control women.
0: I guess. I mean, two, two women can obviously get married, too, if this were codified.
1: Well, right. But I mean, like, they don't care about that because they want to control our bodies. It's freaking, yeah. what's that show called? The Handmaidens
0: too. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. So yeah, woohoo. Like, Seems like that's going to pass. Thank you. I'd love to be able to get married. I can't get married now, but I would love for that to not get taken away by a court that I didn't elect, Um, but cool. Yeah. Anyway, last story. So did you get an email from the Biden administration? The last few days? I did, in fact. Did you? I think a lot of people did. um, Notifying us that our request for student loan forgiveness was approved. But hey, there are a bunch of lawsuits pending. And so (laughs) um, you can't get that forgiveness until we win those. I was like, okay, what do you want me to do about it? Literally, I was on the couch with Nick and I got the email. And I read it and I was like, yay. And then I kept reading and I was like, oh, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, but some good news in the wake of this today, thank you for sending me this tweet, Ely. You're the mm-hmm. first person to let me know the statement. student loan payment pause has been extended once more. It was scheduled to end on December 31st, which is just a little <laughs> over a month and now it will end on June 30th or potentially later, potentially 60 days later than that. Uh, if they continue to have issues with these lawsuits, I also would like to question who fucking cares enough about this to file lawsuits. I think it's states, Seriously, it's certain states so like pathetic. Texas and whatnot. I think it's Texas, it's like Arkansas, two people in Texas.
1: Yeah. It's like that are Jesus. like, I want my student debt canceled. Apparently though, the people that filed in Texas had PPP loans that were forgiven through this program. So it's like, can you stop? Stop yeah, being okay. a dick. <laughs>
0: I mean, I I'm not necessarily like anxious. I I don't believe that our administration in the White House would go forward with an announcement and all that if they weren't confident on like the P's and Q's of all the ins and outs of this. I sure
1: as fucking shit hope
0: so. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I hope so.
1: I sure is do you know how messy how ghetto we would look (laughs) other countries would be laughing their asses off at us
0: it would be really embarrassing
1: god (laughs) i hope to god we are not that embarrassing is this who (laughs) we are (laughs) is this what we represent
0: the only reason why i say i I think i'm confident in that is because I don't believe in Biden, but I think he's at least surrounded himself with a lot of confident <laughs> younger people. Yeah. So uh, I think we'll be okay. But yeah, it is wild that this is the turn Ooh. of events. But I, I I mean, silver lining, it did result in like a over six month extension. That's really nice. Like I thought yeah. I was literally starting to budget for like when my loans come back into my life. And now I can just put a pause on that. I don't got to worry about Sounds that. Sounds like we're going
1: to Mexico, Zach.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are we having another almost debt-free summer?
1: Oh, <laughs> hashtag debt-free <laughs> summer. <laughs> Three years in a row. Wow, it's lit. <laughs> wait,
0: four years in a row. Don't say Because
1: it, like, twenty twenty
0: Summer of 2020, summer of 2021, June,
1: June. summer of 2022.
0: <laughs> Especially if it Especially if it gets extended to the end of August. That's basically the whole summer, you guys. Uh, yeah it's funny because the article that i found for more detail on this specifically mentioned that this is the eighth extension on the loan pause that is kind of embarrassing but it's it's fine it's just more more credence to the thought of like hey what if (laughs) what what if if he just called taylor up up (laughs) what if he just called joe (laughs) what if that's a good segue what if
1: (laughs) joe would just pick up the pen and say fuck it all (laughs) fuck you department of education (laughs) it's
0: funny because we've had so many bad economic issues since the pandemic begun but i really i don't think that uh the lack of student loan payments has really been a cause of that i think it's been a couple of other things it had no that have been politicians faults yeah and rich people's fault but i don't think it's been a student loan issue i don't well, think I don't that think was so it hmm. yeah so
1: interesting lots to anyway, think
0: about lots <laughs> to think about so speaking about calling taylor up
1: yeah why don't you just call <laughs> taylor up um funny story <laughs> the department <laughs> of justice is about to call taylor <laughs> up <laughs> Um, as a witness, okay. Why don't you just lay so, it all out for
0: us, what's been happening over the last week?
1: Yeah, so we kind of briefly, we reached the tip of the iceberg last week when I said that Ticketmaster was simply down, um, oh, but yeah. it got worse, you guys. <laughs> so as you know, Taylor Swift is going on tour wow um and so the Ticketmaster has royally screwed up like totally bungled this sales this this like insane sales system that they have um to sell these tickets and let me just tell you a little bit about it hold on let me pull up my notes here so that i don't speak incorrectly
0: bungled is a good word by the way we should oh use God, it more thank often. thank you
1: thank you yeah that it just came out and i'm really proud of it so (laughs) okay so let me give you the timeline so on thursday Ticketmaster announced that the general sale which last week on our episode we talked about the pre-sales and how fucked up that whole system is um so if you didn't make it through the pre-sales without getting like getting a ticket you could hypothetically get a ticket during the general sale but sometimes if artists choose to do dynamic pricing those tickets are way too expensive or there's not a lot left you know whatever So the general sale was planned for Friday, I believe. But on Thursday, Ticketmaster announced that the general sale for tickets to Taylor Swift's heiress tour were canceled due to, quote, extraordinarily high demands, end quote. Um, So that was fucked up. That caused just a, a whole slew of issues in itself. But then the next day, Taylor Swift responded in a lengthy post on her Instagram story um, I won't read it all, but she basically, this is what she, these are a couple quotes. She said, I'm trying to figure out how the situation can be improved moving forward. And emphasize <laughs> I'm moving forward. So we're not in the now, we're in the future. <laughs> I'm not going to make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times if they could handle this kind of demand. And we were assured they could. They could not. <laughs> um, wait, and this is my favorite part. Because people on TikTok were like, Taylor's going to save us. Taylor's got our back. She would never let this happen. Well, babes, she let it happen. She said, and to those who didn't get tickets, all I can say is that my hope is to provide more opportunities for us all to get together and sing these songs. So She basically was like, if you didn't get tickets, sorry, fuck off. I'll see you in six years when I tour again, Um, (laughs) so that sucks. So sorry for the people that thought Taylor was going to save them. She's not, obviously, right? She's in her bag. Uh, um, She is reaping the benefits from this. Um, And then on the same day that she said all that, people were like, Taylor's going to save us. (laughs) Um, Billboard reported, and y'all know I'm broke, so I didn't pay for the full subscription to the article, but I'll read you the headline. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Ford reported that the Department of Justice is investigating Live Nation, which is now Ticketmaster's parent company, for antitrust violations after they just totally fucked that up. So we'll see if anything comes of this. Um, I'm interested to see, again, the theme of today's episode, Monopoly Bad. (laughs) This is what happens. People will hate you and you suck if you are the only person in the game that can do a a thing. So,
0: Yep oh so That's i it's interesting we basically have to regurgitate everything you and i said on in the car on saturday because we just talked about it a lot but it's just so fun i'm sorry you guys i know this sucks for a lot of people it's really not the end of the world well but here, i know I'll if you really look. If you're looking forward do, to seeing someone, I get
1: it. Right. I do feel bad for you all because truly I know that people who love Taylor Swift, like really love Taylor Swift. And, you know, I do not feel that way about her, but um, good for you for feeling that way about a uh, white woman. Um, <laughs> but, but if y'all who love Taylor Swift, I, I do feel bad because I know that she really does make you feel like she has your back. And I'm sure that in this situation, She kind of fell short for you. Or maybe you don't care. I don't know. I would care. Personally, I would feel attacked. But I agree. This is really fucked up. But it's also kind of shocking to me that Ticketmaster, like, seriously didn't anticipate this. Like, do y'all go on Twitter? Like, do y'all know how many fans this woman has? And y'all really thought you could handle it with your itty bitty server? Apparently not.
0: (laughs) The funniest part of all this is the fan reaction. Oh, discovering like the downside of capitalism. They're like, yes, (laughs) it's so funny. It was so funny watching the TikToks on Friday of all the women. It was specifically white, straight white women, you guys discovering capitalism and its evils on Friday was so funny. And I know that sounds like really mean of me. But it gave me so many laughs just because it was kind of we've funny. been criticizing Taylor Swift for so long and she's got talent. Sure. Uh, I don't mean to like discredit her in any way except personally, because it does annoy me how and, and this is almost like a credit to her. She's been pretty good at hiding her immense wealth and power. She's pretty good at hiding it and making it seem through her lyrics, what whatever, her social media presence, that she's still like accessible and she can relate mm-hmm. to you. And she's really, and yeah. that's definitely not the case. And I just love that this is what it took for so many of her fans to realize that. And so many TikToks that came out that were like, oh, this really did it for me. Taylor doesn't care about us. That's she hasn't funny said anything.
1: Is the this really did
0: it for me? It's like this, this, and it's the impatience too. Like I get it that that was probably a really stressful situation, but the making TikToks that get like hundreds of thousands of likes on Friday, saying she doesn't care about us, she hasn't responded. Give her time please. Like, I'm sure her, team her probably has time. to craft
1: a message. She can't yeah. just go on Instagram and be like fuck, take it master. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's like is that what you were expecting? Come on you guys. It just I think they I genuinely na-
1: think they were I genuinely Well think that's they were.
0: naive. It reeked of naivete and well, it was annoying.
1: I think that also speaks to how much of her fans are like new fans because like people who have been listening to Taylor Swift since her um oh somebody on tiktok called it her um her cracker barrel uh era or something like that
0: cracker barrel <laughs>
1: <laughs> since those days like her first album came out when i was in like sixth or seventh grade like so yeah. for uh, for those who probably had realistic expectations it was like fine like we're all older we are not naive but a lot of her fans are younger and it's like y'all this is not how shit works um but i'll say what i said in the group chat and i feel like this reaction is coming because they've never had to reckon with her silence before because it has never impacted them in the way that it's impacting them now and what i mean by that is that taylor swift has been notoriously silent on issues that affect lgbtq people brown people other people of color, other marginalized groups. She's been notoriously silent in those areas unless it impacts her or her work. And, you know, a lot of people choose to ignore that. Um, well, now it's affecting you and it 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 is hurtful.
0: Yes. And we might remind our audience of what Ely's talking about, where this is the woman who didn't make pretty much any stance known. Until year two of Trump's presidency. And I think that matters. I think that when you have this much power and this much of an audience, like you are obligated. I don't think that, I don't think celebrities of that magnitude have the privilege to say nothing, especially when your fan base is that young. Like this isn't like Barry Manilow's fan base, these are kids and young people. And I think when you're dealing with that, you have to say something it's just not cool and then when she finally did come out and say something what did it amount to shay never made anybody less gay groundbreaking (laughs) like (laughs) well
1: well that was the thing that bothered me too was that like she released a statement oh i'm voting for so-and-so in nashville and it was like a democrat you know whatever like about like like it was an actual political endorsement and then after that she became like the queen of um of, of lgbtq rights and like
0: which is, since when? Which is a who. Which is a who. It's like, no, you were not Of there. all the
1: people that have supported you from day one, like vocally and openly, y'all chose to defend Taylor Swift as an activist for LGBTQ plus rights? No.
0: No. And especially when we have other blueprints in the industry for that, like look at Lady Gaga since day one. Oh my God. Like that's an activist. Even yes. Beyonce for crying out, even though Beyonce is like a host of contradictions. It's like, <laughs> come on so yeah it's 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 very frustrating and um yeah, one more thing that... one of my other favorite tiktoks to come out of this was actually from realtor.com's account where they oh listed God. all of taylor swift's properties because she has a lot she has like almost 100 oh, one million dollar real estate portfolio
1: is up for sale i almost included that in the pop culture section today
0: interesting well it's and funny people are because... seeing
1: firsthand
0: <laughs> it's funny because the comments on that specific tiktok Cracked my shit up because they were it was it was like disgusting. No one should have this much space, no one should have this much wealth, and then you go into these accounts, and they're white women who are like Taylor Swift stands, and this is again this is what broke them, and now they're commenting disgusting on Taylor Swift's real estate. Yeah, I'm like, I thought y'all were
1: loyal. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> but see, it's like you said, something finally affected them.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's funny to watch. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, also, Godspeed to those who don't have tickets.
0: Also, Monopolies are bad, though. So. Monopoly bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely don't agree with Ticketmaster's Monopoly. I also think it's kind of funny that the Department of Motherfucking Justice is looking Seems. into this.
1: Oh, that's what's cracking me up too. Uh. Is like <laughs> Swifties discovering like organizing
0: because of yeah, it. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh God, it's going to be great though. So let's, we'll see, you know, we'll provide updates when they come, but this is just the beginning. Um, hopefully 2023 is the year where we take down corporate America. That's what I'm hoping for.
0: We shall see. Also, I hope the department of justice has enough bandwidth to do this because there's, there's a lot of other stuff you should be focusing on. So I'm sure hopefully if you have yeah. enough people, by all means put Top some interns two priorities, on this or whatever arresting but... <laughs> Donald
1: Trump and ending Ticketmaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, all
1: right, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um, so the AMAs were last night and I didn't make a list of all of the wins because that would be insane, which I feel like this list is kind of long still, but I will go through it quickly. Um, these are just notable wins from last night, um, which sorry we're gonna I'm gonna have to talk about Taylor Swift again, but Whoa. okay. Artist of the year, Taylor Swift. New artist of the year was Dove Cameron. Interesting,
0: very interesting.
1: Um, I think the youth really like her though. So
0: she's queer, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Love that. I'll support yeah, her.
1: So good for that. <laughs> Maybe she'll be the new Taylor, the Taylor Swift 2.0, but better.
0: I kind of doubt that like a lot, but <laughs> we can dream again. we'll
1: see um favorite music video all too well, Taylor's version, of course um favorite male pop artist was Harry Styles. love that for him um favorite female pop artist was Taylor Swift favorite duo or group was b t s favorite pop album was Red Taylor's version, which is funny because this album was entered in the Grammys last year in the country category. So mm. I think, I don't mean, I don't know. I Obviously the AMAs are not the Grammys, but there's so much contradictory here and we'll get down to the, our, when we get down to the R&B section, I'll point that out again too, but.
0: I also think, hot take, I don't think re-recording an album that was released however many odd years earlier, I don't it think counts. that should count. I don't it think counts. it should. It counts. I think it's cheating. <laughs> I really. Well, do. It,
1: it's she did win the AMAs for the this same album when it came out the first time.
0: We're See, about this I'm... is not
1: a this is not a podcast for shitting on Taylor Swift. Um. <laughs> okay. Favorite pop song was "As It Was" by Harry Styles. Okay. Now getting into R and B. We just talked last week about the Grammys and beyonce's album was entered in as the dance pop yeah. album but here it's winning as r&b i don't
0: know it seems um, like it's coding it as like the black
1: oh category. you're black you sang this <laughs> r&b
0: yeah because
1: um break my soul also won for like a uh, favorite r&b song it's so...
0: not an r&b song at all i know,
1: I know. uh renaissance yeah one favorite r&b album favorite male latin artist was bad bunny Favorite Latin song. I wanted to include this because it's surprisingly not by Bad Bunny, but it was Dos Oruguitas from Encanto. Your favorite song, Encanto. From Encanto. yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> so that made me happy. Um, this is kind of funny. So this is a new category. Favorite rock artist was Machine Gun Kelly. Out of all the rock artists in <laughs> uh in the world,
0: oh they no. chose him.
1: <laughs> favorite soundtrack was the Elvis soundtrack, which i've heard is one of the good things about that movie so
0: talk to nick i think he'll disagree (laughs) he actually watched it he did us all service and watched it
1: okay and then the favorite k-pop artist oh i put btw oh my god (laughs) um this is also a new category but favorite k-pop artist was bts
0: it's a safe ass uh, choice. I think, you know, blink army rise up. I think Blackpink should have taken this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, but yeah, seeing BTS, I was like, well, duh. Maybe um, they,
0: they want to throw them a bone before they go on their like three years of military. On their service. hiatus. Yeah, yeah. We'll
1: see. Um, so yeah, interesting night. Um, but also something I forgot to note was that Taylor Swift currently holds the record for like the most AMA's um ever won by a person i believe the record is 40 and so she's just now extending her lead this year
0: with more i have something potentially mean to say
1: um if it <laughs> now didn't your mom ever teach you if <laughs> you have up. nothing nice to say don't <laughs> <just> say it <laughs> uh,
0: who cares about the amas truly <laughs> who cares okay.
1: I I feel like the AMAs are now kind of becoming like what the equivalent of like the Golden Globes were at some point, like culturally, like nobody really gives a shit because it's like, who's giving these awards? No one. But it's like just more laid back and fun because nobody gives a shit.
0: I, you know, I said I was anti-monopoly. I think when it comes to (laughs) award shows, I'm (laughs) pro-monopoly. We need one award show per medium. There's so fucking many for music alone it's too much there are every
1: time i hear another one coming out i'm like the what
0: yes and that's why i was grateful when the golden globes got canceled for like a year and now apparently they're coming back so it's like yes one less of these but
1: (laughs) (laughs) but the golden globes is tv too right
0: yeah yeah it's like why why are the amas doing music videos that's the vmas thing I don't know. There's too many award shows. There's too many platforms for rich people to give themselves pats on the back. And in my mind, I'm just like, there are historic institutions that people actually care about. Why even bother competing? Like when you have the Academy Awards, when you have the Recording Academy, why even bother even trying to like make anything as legitimate as those?
1: (laughs) I know. Well, it's kind of funny too. This, like, kind of relates, but, like, when Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, was first up to get an Oscar and he lost, people were, like, devastated, and he was, like, honestly, I don't really care, like, look at everything that I've gotten that's, like, actually, I mean, not that the Oscars aren't prestigious, but he's, like, he won a Pulitzer Prize, he has, like, so many awards for, like, Hamilton's work that the Oscar was, he was just, like, is this how we define ourselves now, by, like, whether you have an EGOT or not, like, he was just like that one acronym. Apparently, like defines my career as successful or not.
0: He's just saying that because he really wants it. He doesn't <laughs> want to come across as like pleasing. He'd be well, like, oh, egot. Like no, the first time. <laughs>
1: but now I feel like he's determined because he didn't even get nominations for directing or uh, what a tick tick boom didn't really get and that many nominations.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Sorry, we're almost done. Um, just when we a really thought really fun this would be announcement. short. <laughs> I know it's because we have a lot to say. We we're passionate. Say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> something that I know Zach is passionate about that he's been complaining about for a very long time um, <laughs> is that SZA has not released an album in like five years. But we are going to get an album next month. Apparently, allegedly, Yay. she says her deadline is next month. Um, so she did, she was, uh, so Billboard just did a big cover story with SZA Future, naming them the R&B and hip hop power players of 2022, which is really cool. Um, so as a part of her cover story, she announced that her album S.O.S. is dropping in December, and I noticed that There were so when she released the music video for her song Shirt, there were a lot of speculations that her sophomore album was going to be called No Control because in the music video Mm -hmm. she had like a license plate that says No Control and then it the the little tags on the license plate said December 2022 and people were like (gasps) so we (laughs) kind of like clocked that it was coming that the album would hopefully be released in 2022 still but this is still surprising and new. So I'm excited. Hoping she meets all her deadlines so that this actually does come out in December. She did tell Billboard she's nervous about like finishing all the red tape to actually get the album out. Had five years, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we'll see.
0: I don't know. I I will listen to it. I'll probably listen to it like this will be a midnight listen, I think. Just out of sheer curiosity. But the only scissor projects i've loved since 2017 when control came out was all the stars and good days i was not a fan of control deluxe that came out that was this year right the extra like four songs yeah it's like the five-year anniversary not a fan of those and i know you like you love shirt i do not um i love all her new songs Good days has really grown on me. I actually think Good days might be in my. You guys, Zach it'll be in my like, top five Spotify Wrapped. This when year. Good
1: days came out, he was like, "I'm bored. I don't like this song. This right. isn't this." One.
0: <laughs> but now I, I now I get it. Now I, re- I really do get it, and and especially earlier this year, just different parts of this year when things were tough, like in the world.
1: Oh, she. Got it me helped through.
0: me really value the song. You know, it's about like. You know there are good days are ahead. Ah, yeah. and it That's it sounds great. very nice. Sure I love she the would love little.
1: To hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love good days. I use it all the time in my Instagram stories. Um, no, oh, I'm excited because I have liked some of the songs that she's used or that she's released. Like I've liked "I Hate You," of course, love that song. I love oh, screaming.
0: I like I like that one. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um. I like shirt, of course. I was waiting for that for like a year. Um, glad we got that. And I actually liked uh tread carefully off of um the deluxe control deluxe. So I don't know, y'all. I don't know what I'm talking about. Take it from a black person. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. No, I control deluxe. I remember I, I was probably working one day and I put the whole thing on and when the actual meat of the album was on, I was like, yeah, control. And then the extra songs came on, I was like <sniffs> Oh my God. Okay.
1: <laughs> Watch next this time next year. You're going to be like, these thoughts are growing on me. <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's the type of artist she is for me. I just got to reflect. <laughs> we got to wait. Yeah.
1: We'll wait. I think Zach needs to listen to Tread Carefully a couple more times. That's my favorite one. I'll be like, Tread carefully. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, let's go to entertainment, please.
0: Okay, (laughs) this is going to be short. (laughs) I got two stories for you. So the big story of the week actually dropped yesterday. And that is that Bob Chapek, who is the current CEO of Disney, he has been booted out and Bob Iger is coming back.
1: Crazy. Yeah,
0: Chapek was... uh, Iger resigned and Chapek came in as the new CEO in spring of 2020. And... I, a lot of people think he has steered Disney in a very poor direction, especially in terms of the parks. Uh, So Iger's back. He got a sweet deal to come back. Of course, his contract is through the end of 2024. And so I'm sure that the board and shareholders are hoping he can steer the ship back. Uh, Of course, Iger was the CEO for, oh God, I think it was like 15 years. And he oversaw the purchase of Marvel and Star Wars. And Fox. Um, so he's definitely an icon he made them a lot of money. I think in terms of the Disney company, he's probably behind Walt Disney himself, like the most consequential leader of the company, just in terms of like transforming its image. So it's very interesting that he's back. I think there was a point where he was mulling a presidential run, not for that. Billionaires, please stop running for president or thinking you're yeah. going to. Oh god. <laughs> So this actually kind of makes me happy because I'm like, okay, so he's not going to run. He's going to be busy. (laughs) He's going to be busy. (laughs) So yeah, that was a big deal yesterday.
1: No, that was a big deal. There were a lot of jokes, um, lots of good stuff on the interwebs uh, about this. I was kind of shocked. I feel like it's always kind of shocking when a large company is like, oh, bring that other guy back. But also
0: no one uh, knew it. Like, this was a surprise to the industry. Apparently no one got an inkling of this. It was very sudden. So everyone was like, what?
1: Disney likes keeping (laughs) secrets.
0: Apparently, except for when they're very bad at secrets. Like (laughs) keeping when they accident- Andrew Garfield like- <laughs> and Toby Maguire.
1: Or <laughs> they're like trademarking all the Avengers movies. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that too.
0: <laughs> anyway, my only other story is just a funny little tidbit. So you guys remember the other Super Mario Brothers movie? The one that came out in the early 90s and was live action? Yeah, so John Leguizamo was in that movie as Luigi. And <laughs> he had... Something to say about the new movie that's coming out, which I thought was funny. So uh, he told IndieWire in a new interview that he thought that the casting of the new film is backwards because two white actors are voicing Mario and Luigi. And this is what he had to say. I'm OG. A lot of people love the original. The directors, <laughs> The directors fought really hard for me to be the lead because I was a Latin man. And the, and the studio didn't want me to be the lead. They fought really hard and it was such a breakthrough for them to go backwards and not cast another act of color. Color kind of sucks. And also the headline hit real hard because it just made it seem like he was talking about the movie in general. It says, former Luigi actor John Logosamo says Chris Pratt's Super Mario movie ha- is backwards. Quote, it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's what got me to click so it kind of worked you were like oh (laughs) but i mean he has a point right i guess
1: i guess but i mean it's mario and luigi i don't really care that much (laughs) about them being like revolutionary like actors of color to like break down the barrier like i don't give a shit
0: he's also like white passing so it's not like you're trying to get like t-nock to be luigi or something
1: i just think that (laughs) yeah i just think that that's such a funny thing to say And he was like, they begged me to be. (laughs) I feel like he's feeling left out. (laughs) He's feeling left out now. And now he's like, well, I'm an OG. I got a pin right here that says it.
0: Clearly, he did not get an offer to do a cameo part in the new movie. That's what he's upset about. Yeah, he said, it
1: kind of sucks. That movie's (laughs) ass. Don't go see it.
0: Anyway, that's all I have for entertainment. Usually the industry is pretty quiet the week leading up to Thanksgiving because everyone's just like already gone. So that's why there's not much to talk about. Pretty chill. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, the internet is not quiet. We're getting bored because we're with Ah. our families. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I will be anything but bored with my family this weekend. I'll have lots to talk about (sighs) in our next episode, I'm sure. Okay. So I don't know if y'all keep up with this but um r&b singer janae ii goes finally no longer pregnant which i don't know about you guys but i personally feel like she's been pregnant for like three years okay
0: <laughs> she like, won- from- how many kids she's got
1: No, no no i mean this is only her second kid but i'm saying oh. this specific pregnancy i feel like she's been pregnant for so long like when i first heard the rumblings that her and big sean were having a baby i was like oh And now I'm like, okay, uh, is it done? Like, what's up? (laughs) Well, finally, she gave birth to their son, Noah, on November 8th. So this is their first child together and her second child overall. So happy for them. Um, Just happy to see that she's not pregnant anymore. Because, wow, that shit is crazy, y'all.
0: Could not be me. I've never seen this woman in my life. So I just Googled her and oh gosh, she is giving racism. I'm like, oh, stunning. She is so pretty. Yeah,
1: she's gorgeous. Yeah. And she's a fantastic singer. Her music is great. And her and Big Sean are actually really cute together.
0: Is They're Big Sean really the one that Ariana Grande sung Love Me Harder about?
1: He's the one that did I Don't Fuck With You yeah, but about did Naya Rivera. He, did he used to date Ariana Grande? hmm
0: Okay. So yes. Interesting
1: yes yes he did um so that happened now i know you're gonna have some shit to say because i didn't watch love is blind season three however i think i've seen enough that i can talk about this
0: yeah this is like euphoria season two where apparently Ely's seen it through twitter <laughs> in its entirety and knows everything about it even though she didn't actually watch every it every
1: time we talk about it i'm like oh my god you remember that one time and you're like you don't watch. <laughs> sometimes i like i'm so delusional i like really convince myself like i start talking like i watched it and then you'll call me out on it and i'm like oh yeah
0: you're like i've seen euphoria i'm a euphoria fan and then it's the same thing with love is blind three where you're like you're telling me straight up details i'm like you didn't watch it okay
1: well here's the thing though i feel like at this point i'm like it, the internet moves too quickly i couldn't even catch my fucking breath after season two ended now I got to watch season three. And it's like, I can't even watch season three because everything's all out in the open now. It's
0: like, damn. Okay. I don't know what they were doing with this timing because so both- It was too much. It was both season two and season three were filmed in 2021. I still don't get the timing because apparently season three was filmed, like the weddings were July 3rd of last year. I don't know what took them so long. And also apparently- They don't have a finished, like they don't have a finished season in terms of footage. So it's probably going to be another long break before the next one. So I don't understand why they didn't just hold this for like maybe another six months or something.
1: Uh, I feel like that's because they were trying to jump because I feel like season two had way more hype than season one. And so they were trying to like jump onto that and they were like, fuck it, just drop the dropped the episodes already. Well, Netflix, y'all need to chill out because I didn't even get time to catch up before everyone started talking about it. Um, which is my fault. (sighs) It's fine. Okay. Anyway, um, SK and Raven, I feel like people liked them well enough, especially because they were like one of the couples that didn't get married, but are they were still together in real life. Um, Yeah, on
0: the reunion, they revealed that they were like we're dating and nick
1: and i were like "Ah, <laughs> so cute." yeah no <laughs> um so not that cute because they just broke up because a bunch of women started saying now hold up me and sk were dating and i have receipts the timelines aren't timelining the math ain't nothing <laughs> he is a cheating whore
0: oh my god <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, several women, yeah, came forward saying that they had relationships with him. And one woman, I saw her TikTok, she said that she showed the messages. She said SK told her that his engagement was fake and that he only did the show for the money.
0: That's yep. fucking crazy. That TikTok has now been taken down, by the way, which is a little nope. sus. But...
1: Well, then fans started speculating literally like yesterday or on Sunday. That the couple had broken up because Raven like suddenly deleted all the posts that she had of her and SK on her Instagram, which if y'all don't know, she had a lot. It's <laughs> she funny. She was posting about him all the time. I was like, girl.
0: It's funny because Nick discovered this real time when we were hearing more about this. He was like, well, let me go check her Instagram. And then he said from like across the room, oh, she took all of the pictures down. And I was oh like, oh, my god." Oh
1: yeah that's how you know that's how you know <laughs> well now they've released a statement and people are like looking at their statement a little funny because they put due to legal proceedings that they can't like speak that much on the breakup and it's like what what's legal legal about proceedings? Yeah. yeah so I'm like hmm, <laughs> what's going on here you guys but I'm sure something's going to come out in the next few weeks or months and we're going to be like oh I'm really excited because I feel like if y'all are just saying legal proceedings, that's got to mean it's, it's bad.
0: Maybe. It's funny because so Raven, I started out not liking her at all. Like when she was like in the pods, in she the was pods straight up doing, doing Pilates Pilates while Bartise was like pouring his heart out to her. You just don't do that to somebody. And that's then so I don't know, fresh out the pods too. She was treating SK almost like to me, to me, it seemed like. She said yes to him just to have more airtime. It didn't seem like she was that into it. But then I don't know what happened. You guys took a real 180 on Raven. By the time they got to the weddings, I was like, oh, well, like I believe in them. And then when he said no, Nick and I were shocked. And then when she went back to like the dressing room and she very earnestly said, I was prepared to say yes. That was really sad. I know. And
1: then and his, yeah, mom his mom came, came in, yeah. in and was like, I love you. And they were like, I love you. And then they were, oh, my God. Yeah,
0: that was that. And she also, at the reunion, looked incredible. Have you seen pictures of her at the reunion? Mm-hmm. She looked incredible at the reunion. So I I feel bad for her. I hope she finds somebody.
1: But you know what? She's a baddie. She'll find someone for sure.
0: Although she was bugging a little bit when she she had a scene with him where they were talking about finances. And she said, well, if we're going to get married, I would expect that even though you're leaving to be a student across the country, you're going to like help me with my rent.
1: (laughs) That's kind of weird. No. (laughs) Yeah. I think we talked about that. That's
0: kind of weird. That was a little strange.
1: (laughs) And this is why I'm like, when I get married, I still believe in somewhat separate finances because it's like, uh, no, No, (laughs) I'm not paying your rent, sister.
0: Especially if he's going to be a student. Yeah, (laughs) that's a weird thing to ask. But anyway, I hope she finds actual love after this dirt bag.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of. (sighs) okay. I don't know how this is kind of stereotypical, but it's SK's fault for proving the stereotype to be correct. As soon as I heard that he was Nigerian, I was like, how is this going to go? How is this going to end? What's going to happen? Because I could not believe that this man was like the perfect man that everybody was saying that he was because of the things I've heard about Nigerian Why? men. Why?
0: What's the stereotype?
1: That they're like this.
0: What? They play? Oh. And it's weird too because him, well, not necessarily him, but like his family, they were really leaning into the whole like, oh, this is what it's like to be a Nigerian wife. And you should always have like stew on the stove for your husband and very like traditional stuff. So maybe Raven got the good deal. I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know, dude. Anyway. But I, I've, seen, I've seen TikToks afterwards of like people being like, well, he is Nigerian, oh which is fucked up. But I mean, I don't know, whatever. I feel like if you're black, you kind of know like the stereotypes about Africans.
0: <laughs> well, thank you for educating me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Even if it's not true.
1: <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, not that it's true, but it's like, Come on SK. You got to be better than this. If you're going to cheat, cheat smarter. Okay. Um another uh Do not sad. encourage
0: cheating on this <laughs> podcast. God damn. How about don't cheat at all?
1: Of course. Y'all <laughs> y'all heard my rant last week about cheating ass husbands. You yes. know how I really feel. I like to tell a joke now and then. <laughs> okay, now I want speaking of not cheating, oh um sad oh harry styles and olivia wilde are taking a break we'll see if it's a one direction break or if it's really actually a break um but they're taking a break from their relationship so sad Uh. yeah um i heard somebody mention that it's probably it, it kind of tracks because harry is Still going on tour. He's added more tour dates um, into the next year, which I've really. I'm like, oh, I was just gonna say, what's his sign?
0: <laughs> oh, girl, <laughs> I know you made sign. that part of your personality.
1: <laughs> I know. I should know it. I, I should have. I don't know why I was about to say that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like Aquarius is just supposed to be a little lazy, so I don't know what the hell he's doing. He must have Capricorn or something in his chart. Um, S- but he's. Extending his tour, Olivia still trying to keep her kids. So it's like, they don't have time for each other. Of course they don't have time for each other. So, okay, bye.
0: On a side note, I saw a TikTok of this woman who saw Olivia at one of Harry's shows, like in the back, and she approached her because she got a, don't worry, darling tattoo. And in the caption of the video, she said, wanted to show Olivia my tattoo of my favorite movie. And I hardcore judged that woman, <laughs> oh my god. but of course Olivia was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible! Oh my god!" And it's funny because I thought, I thought it was a book smart tattoo, because she said showing Olivia a tattoo of my favorite movie, what an incredible film. I was like, "Oh, cool, oh, she's book smart tattoo." The one
1: film she did do she, that was really good.
0: <laughs> and then she showed it, and it's "Don't worry, darling," and I was like. Huh? Yo. <laughs> Am I being punked?
1: Maybe I need to ask her to explain the ending of that movie because uh, maybe. maybe I didn't get it. I don't know. But... <laughs> okay. Um, I've seen a lot. My favorite jokes on the internet from this breakup have been people like, oh, waiting for Olivia to make a pop so I can get some uh, love onto her merch.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. She
1: has so much stuff, like so much stuff. I can't imagine. That's like people want.
0: Like one-of-a-kind stuff? Yes. Oh.
1: Yeah. People are like, I want this jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for her garage sale. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Her rummage.
0: Anyway, we ready for that media moment? Yeah. It's time for the media moment. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I'm going first because you went first last week. I remember. So I saw five films since we last recorded. I wanted to say briefly the names of them so people know. I saw The Menu, which is great. Go see The Menu. Might be on my end of year list. I saw this film called Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, which is... Alejandro Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaritu's new film. His last film was seven years ago with The Revenant. Oh my god! And I love him, and I'm glad that I got an opportunity to see this on the big screen because it's a Netflix movie, and that might also be on my end of your list.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: Watch this film at home. That's from 2022 called God's Country, which was my media moment until I changed it to what it's actually going to be, because that'll most definitely be on my end of your list. It's fantastic. Please go watch that. Nick and I watched Disenchanted, which was horrible. <laughs> I saw horrible. that it was getting
1: really bad reviews and I was like, oh.
0: Horrible. That'll be on my end of your oh, worst list. The though.
1: anti-list.
0: Yeah. So I decided to talk about the film I saw last night, mm-hmm. which is She Said, the film about Megan Toohey and Jodi Cantor, the New York Times journalist that wrote the story uh, about harvey weinstein's initial accusers back in 2017 and i want to talk about this movie because one it's relevant like it just came out this past weekend and two i'm curious what you think i haven't even seen it but i'm curious what you think because you're making a face and you made a comment before we started recording suggesting that you have thoughts about it or maybe I'm wrong. you want
1: you want me to go first
0: yeah I'm just curious. Before I say anything, I'm curious, like, what's on your mind?
1: Okay. What's on my mind is that I'm slightly cringing because I know that this movie tanked the first weekend.
0: It did. It went, like, immediately wide for some reason, even though it's kind of an awards release, and it only made $2 million.
1: Yeah, that's really bad. Um, So that's cringe. But I feel like this is one of those movies that it's just kind of like we didn't really need it. Um uh I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling right now. Like I just when I saw they're making it into a movie, like making this a movie, I kind of just like rolled my eyes because I was like, like not I feel like this is it's it's one of those things that it's like not everything needs to be a movie. Sorry, we don't need to like dramatize like things that happen to people that were really like difficult and traumatic. Um, and then Brad Pitt produced this movie, which is weird and makes me uncomfy because it's Brad Pitt and because he was like a Harvey Weinstein sympathizer. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes, actually a lot of times, people just, especially like actors and actresses that produce, a lot of times they just throw money at something.
1: Right. But, okay, but come on. You have to know what you're throwing your money at. Of no, first, I know, but I, I know I'm, he s- wasn't involved in the creative process.
0: No, but I, I guess I mean to like a lot of times money will be thrown at something for the sake of saying that like you like I'm sure Brad Pitt maybe thought that this would make him look better by funding this film.
1: Yeah, and no, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. It's weird. No.
0: Yeah, it is a little weird. Well, so yeah. So before I saw this movie, the trailer is corny the trailer i was like i if i didn't have my regal unlimited i probably would not have gone out to see it i
1: i will agree the marketing was really bad for this and a lot of people didn't even hear about it
0: yeah well and the other thing i have a real problem with is there's two posters for this film one is like a woman in silhouette and it says like will you go on the record and another one is just megan Tui and Jody Cantor sitting looking at something and i have a real problem with that because I almost feel like, like they're trying to erase what the film is about. If you look at those posters, if you're walking through a movie theater and you saw either one of those posters, there's literally zero way of knowing that the film is about the Harvey Weinstein investigation, and that seems like a weird choice of like burying that narrative and hiding it. But I will say, saw the film last night. I actually thought it was a superb film. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Is someone uh, someone on film Twitter made this joke. There's a film coming out called Women Talking in a few weeks. And it has like Frances McDormand and Claire Foy and whatnot. And someone made a joke that this could be called Women Talking. Because there's <laughs> lots of scenes of of like these women reporters talking to other women about their experiences. And some of these scenes are just riveting and it's because they get a lot of like character actors to come in just for a scene or two and they kill it. Like Samantha Morton has one scene in this movie and it's amazing. Like you're glued to the screen. Jennifer Ely also has another, well, she has a couple of amazing scenes. So they find these, these women to come in and like act the shit out of these roles because it is a lot of talking but I thought everyone was pulling their weight. And the really interesting thing about this movie is it kind of posits the question, is it even worth pursuing this? Because, and I think the film very shrewdly opens uh, with Megan Tui, who in real life, she investigated the allegations against Trump as well, and was writing that story at the New York times. She actually spoke to Trump on the phone at one point when he called her and accused her of lies and it's funny that's actually one of many impressions and not impressions there's lots of people that show up in this film that are just voices like over a phone Mm. and i don't know who was doing the casting for the folks who did these voices every single one of them did an amazing job whoever they got to do donald trump's voice over the phone incredible who oh my god whoever they got to do Gwyneth Paltrow's voice sounds just like her. And I looked it up. It's not her. <laughs> whoever they wow. got for that. There's multiple people that just you just hear on the phone, which are great. But anyway, it starts with that investigation. And of course, the man still got elected for president. And then we have a time jump about six mm. months later when the Harvey Weinstein investigation begins because as a result of um investigations into trump and bill o'reilly getting fired and whatnot all of a sudden the new york times were very interested in writing stories about workplace harassment which led them to miramax which is where harvey weinstein produced of course so i think the film having that to say about and they and uh carrie mulligan who plays megan tooey and zoe kazan who plays jody They have a couple of conversations that are like what is even the point of this because it seems like men it doesn't like nothing happens to them like trump he became the goddamn president of the country nothing happened to him and megan too in particular had a kid while she was writing the story and was suffering from postpartum depression and she's she's like terrified because she's raising a daughter while she's talking to all these women about their rapes and assaults and so that was doing quite a number on her of course um and i have reason to believe that a lot of this film is authentic because they involved megan tooey and Jody Cantor in like they consulted them yeah. so they have the, it has their stamp of approval so to speak and i just think it's a really great story about journalism i do think journalists are heroes in a sense uh you know there's a reason why we good have good ones that- Yes, there's a reason why we have that, uh, that phrase, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. And so I love a good journalism movie that really shows you that and the work that these people do to bring things to light. It reminds me a lot of Spotlight, that film about the Boston Globe investigating was gonna say, the Catholic Church.
1: Maybe I will go see this because I do also love a good journalism movie and Spotlight is one of my favorite movies ever. I show that movie to people all the time.
0: <laughs> Do you? It's. I think you would actually love this. Then it's very similar to that, where it's just like about the dogged determination of these people to get the story done. It really is a great film about journalism, and so I really loved it. And the there's a a sort of climax to the film that did bring a tear to my eye. There's wow, one. There's one tear. woman who's there's. Well, there's lots of women who just like they do not want to go on the record. That's actually a yeah. large part of the plot is like finding people to go on the record. Yeah. Um, and there's this one woman who's kind of like a holdout and she's crucial because she did not sign an NDA. So she can actually speak without any sort of legal recourse. And so there's sort of a climax where she finally decides to do it. And I don't know, just the way it was done and the actress who played her it was very emotional. And so I recommend people go see this. I really do, especially if you don't know a lot about the Weinstein case and what happened. I mean, it really is one of the few instances where like justice was actually found. Like that man is going to be serving time in prison. Yeah. Thankfully. And it well, was and because like of these general, two women that did that. Like, in general, it was their work.
1: that investigation was like a cultural shift yes. for Americans, like just overall.
0: Yes. And I really like that. This is the last thing I'll say about it. I really like how the film ends. It literally ends on them clicking publish on the final story. And I love that because you don't get that cliche, like, oh, the aftermath. And I was worried that the film would go down that route of like wrapping things up in a bow. And I love that it didn't. Like the, the story is purely about the work that went into this story, the months of work. And we know what happens afterwards because right. I was also worried this happened so recently. And so they must have dived right into like, producing this film like a couple years after this story was published and I think being that close to history sometimes isn't good for perspective but in yeah. in a sense it helps this film because we know what happened as a result so we don't need right. to be told that to our faces
1: yeah no that's what I, I like when like stories that are based on like truths or movies that are based on true stories when they do that where it's like the ending isn't that whole like showing what happened afterwards because we know what happened afterwards. Like we were all yeah. there for it, so it's kind yeah. of like them being like, you know, exactly. This is so, what you don't know.
0: Yeah. So I love this movie. I just think it was mismarketed. Unfortunately. I that
1: was like the number one complaint. So I was like reading some comments on like some of because I I I've been getting a couple of ads for it, but not really a lot. Um and I've been just like to read comments on ads cuz I'm nosy. And like <laughs> the biggest thing that people were saying is that like the marketing is horrible. They were like this looks like the trailer's not doesn't look good. Every like I haven't even heard of this and now it's coming out tomorrow. It's like they didn't they didn't market it at all and they didn't really market it that well. Like there are some movies that you like hear too much about. It's like I get it. Okay, I'll see it. But this one it was like why don't you guys want people to see your movie?
0: Yeah. It's like a weird cold feet thing. Like I'm actually shocked that A bit a studio, like this isn't this isn't like focus features. This is a universal film. I'm shocked that a studio made this film so close to the actual events, and now it seems like they're just kind of burying it. Like I said about the posters, why don't you want to let people know what this movie's about? Is it because of like I feel like
1: they they might well I feel like they might be nervous about like retaliation or like people. About, like, the the bad noise being louder than the good noise. But it's just kind of like, don't if you're to make a movie about this, yeah. don't be worry about that. You made like, the
0: movie. Like, yeah. it's you made it, deliver on it. Yeah. So it's frustrating. And it, it does make me sad that it flopped because, I don't know. I also think that the Oscars like it when films are a little bit more successful. So it makes me think that this won't get nominated for anything.
1: Mm. But... Interesting.
0: Whatever. I think you would like it though. If you love Spotlight, I do. I love love Spotlight.
1: I love Spotlight. Very similar. Up, down. It's also like like, what? Oh, I was gonna say the anti-religion in me. Just (laughs) I love Spotlight. I'd be like, yeah, take those Catholics
0: down. They even do the same thing, and I'm not saying it's copying Spotlight. I'm sure it's influenced by Spotlight, but they do the same thing in their credits, where people's names come up in the background. Oh my god! That's where the tears always
1: come. Because it's like, look at all these people that were damaged.
0: Ugh. yeah. Spotlight kind of did it better though, because I remember that that's actually the number one thing I remember about that film is they put all the names up at once and you were like, oh, and it shit. hits you. And yeah. you're like,
1: yeah, you're like, oh my God. because I feel like in the movie because because the movie is so focused on Boston alone, they're like, oh, we have ninety priests. Like that's crazy. And then you kind of forget while you're watching that this is like a global issue. And then they open it up wider at the end and you're just
0: yeah.
1: like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, that's a great movie. Go watch Spotlight, you guys, if you haven't seen it. One best oh, picture yeah. for a reason. Uh, I'm
1: changing my media moment. <laughs> <laughs> Spotlight.
0: Well, what is your actual media moment? Cheater. We have a rule okay, breaker Zach's, over here. Zach
1: saying I'm a rule breaker. I honestly couldn't remember if I brought this up, if this was a media moment in the past. Which I'm still not convinced. I feel like the song was a media moment in the past, but was the album a media moment in the past? So today I'm well, talking about the album.
0: Okay. Well, what are you talking about?
1: Okay. Well, I'm talking about Montero by Lil Nas X. And I have a story as to why this is my media moment. Okay. So if you don't know, Spotify Wrapped is going to come out in like a week, which is... Oh, so I'm excited. nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> but I am excited. So to kind of like look back, I, I save every year. I save my Spotify wraps from every year and I save the playlists that they make me every year. So I was like looking through all my playlists from the last, like, I think I have all the way back to 2016. I'm not even kidding. Um, I mean,
0: you should save everything. Cause Spotify is no easy way of you looking back on like the data, which is my number yeah. one gripe with it. I don't understand why they do that.
1: Yeah, I have top songs of 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, and 2016. Um, So I was just kind of like looking at my old playlist, like, oh, what have I listened to the last few years? And I feel like my 2020 or sorry, 2021 wrapped was really good. And so I've been listening to that playlist all the time. And that my top song in 2021 was Montero, um, the song. And so then I started listening to that and I was like, you know what? this album, like, I kind of forgot that, like, this was a really good album. Like, I don't, I just like the artistry that I feel like Lil Nas X, like, was able to put, like, bring out with this album, especially because, like, as a person, he's so, like, silly, and he makes these little TikToks, and he's so young. But, like, this album was really good. And so I was like, let me, like, listen to it again. And now I've just been listening to it over and over and over again. I just love how it starts on such a high And it's, like, so fun and upbeat and, like, lighthearted. And then by the time you finish, you're like, that was really dark. And then it loops back right around again. And you're like, (laughs) oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) Um, I love this album. So I wish it was longer. That's my only complaint is that it's so short. The songs are too short. The album itself is too short. I want more of it. Um, So it's my media moment because I've really been – I've been digging it the last week.
0: I think this was – on your top five albums last year it was
1: that i yeah. remember it's a really good album if you haven't listened to it in order in its entirety and i say in order because it has like <laughs> the whole transitions things
0: oh where, that's like, cool each
1: song like seamlessly transitions into the next one so like while you're listening it feels like you're just listening to one long story
0: i do like that
1: um listen to it in order and just refresh because it's a really good album and let's remember yeah, the BET Awards did Lil Nas X super bogus because this is a really fucking good album and he deserved so much. What record.
0: did they do again? They Was didn't like,
1: nominate him for anything. Oh
0: yeah, the homophobia they're homophobic. of it all. Yeah. And then
1: he released a song that started with fuck BET,
0: fuck BET. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to a handful of songs off it, but I don't think I've listened to you it. You should
1: listen to it in order. The Like the way okay. that it ends is just like, you're like, wow.
0: I like Scoop. I like that one too.
1: Okay, the transition between the like interlude before scoop and then going into scoop, I like had to replay it a couple of times the first time I heard it because I was like, whoa, it's crazy.
0: Maybe I will listen to it tomorrow. Yeah. I'm in the shower. You
1: should. It's really good. I'll
0: be in the shower, like, scoop, scoop. (laughs) I'm like soaping myself. (laughs) It's
1: so good. I love it. It's one of my favorites for sure of all time.
0: Well, I'm glad. Of all time. I, wow. Like
1: one of my favorite albums. Yeah.
0: Whoa.
1: I know. it up got there. knocked
0: up there. <laughs> it's up there. Definitely. Wow. Look at Ely supporting queer artists.
1: <laughs> I'm excited to see what he does next. I'm like, we're waiting.
0: <laughs> well, I suppose that brings us to the end. And I've well, learned this episode. Shit. I've learned this episode not to ever say we think it might be short because then it will end up not being we short. always jinx ourselves. Compared to last week, though, it is short.
1: This is a breath so. of fresh air. Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we I hope have that you time have... to listen
1: to Lil Nas X.
0: Yes, listen to Lil Nas X. Apparently, listen to Control Deluxe and uh, what was it? Stay? What was what's the song? It's a homework assignment. Stay is it?
1: Tread carefully.
0: I don't know why I thought stay was in the title. Tread carefully. I don't that either. Uh, yeah. And have a great Thanksgiving. Um, just focus Happy on the song
1: food. <laughs> if you're Puerto Rican, you know what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> focus on the food and not the history of the holiday. Yeah. And maybe you'll have a good time.
1: <laughs> maybe you will.
0: Yeah, and so your parents and brother are coming to D.C. You have yes, all these cute little events family. planned out. And I'm going have to the next parent's itinerary. House.
1: Yeah, it's going to be lit.
0: It is going to be lit. And we're both seeing Glass Onion as well.
1: Yes, I'm seeing it before you, huh?
0: Okay, well, don't tell me anything. and I'm going to um, spoil it. I'm probably seeing at least two more films in addition to that. So you can have Glass Sunday as your media moment next week if you want to.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I'm we'll s- see. <laughs> I
1: hope it'll be my media moment.
0: Well, what else would I it be? Know.
1: Well, I don't know. Maybe it's really bad and I'm too mad to talk about it.
0: Interesting. I don't think it'll be really bad considering the reviews, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll be bad either. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm seeing The Fablemans on Saturday. Ooh. Finally. Uh, don't know how that's going to go because... I still have kind of an issue with Spielberg making a movie about his own life and how great (laughs) he is, but everyone's saying it's amazing. So we shall see. And I do love a movie about movies, but I also just learned again. What have I been saying? Movies are getting too long. I learned it's two and a half hours long. That's really long.
1: That's almost as long as our episode last week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like for real, it's too much. Not when it's a podcast that we record, but it's too much when it's a film. It's too much
1: when you can't get up and go pee. Like, come on, man. Don't you want me to watch your movie?
0: That I have to revise what I said because I'm going to come across as a hypocrite because it's not the length itself that's an issue. It's how like, I think it's becoming an issue where I don't know what it is. Do studios and filmmakers just think that that automatically means that it's better? I think sometimes that's the issue when sometimes brevity can be helpful. Not everything has to be this huge saga. I think sometimes it makes sense. Like the Batman oh, was a big story. Lots was going on. Three hour. It was still a little long, but like it felt kind of okay. Avengers Endgame. Hello. Three hours is warranted. was
1: warranted. Yeah.
0: But like, recently
1: some of these movies. Yeah. The, the length yeah. has not been warranted. Sorry. Not sorry. I'm looking at you, Wakanda, forever.
0: Ooh. And I, I don't get it. You know, you can't have too much of a good thing. So True. Anyway, we will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good night. Monopolies are bad. Yeah.
1: Monopoly bad.